and salutations out there, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It is time for another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators. I am always your humble host, Michael Shibley, the ace of Tennessee sports podcasting. Back again, got a little bit of a frog in my throat, but that's okay. It's been a fun holiday break. Hopefully everybody out there in the world of Modern Day Gladiators has had a great holiday, however you celebrated it. My goodness, there's been just things galore going on. It is totally reeked of awesomeness out there in the sports world. We're just going to take a quick just kind of look back at some of the things that have happened over the over the last week or so. Just real quick, we're not even going to get into shivels and bits because all of this totally reeks of awesomeness. <clears throat> We got football, we got a little bit of basketball, and we got wrestling. So again, I apologize for the sound of my voice this week. Got a little bit of a frog in there, but that's okay. But my goodness, we start off with the world of college football. As again, you had the semifinals being played on December 28th, which again, it still feels weird not having at least those semifinal games on New Year's. But hey, that's I guess kind of how the scheduling worked out. But my goodness, a difference in two games When you come to all of it, you had LSU and Oklahoma starting off in the Peach Bowl, and that, my friends, was just the Joe Burrow show. 63-28, to LSU just blitzed the Oklahoma Sooners. My goodness, it was 49-14 to at the half. Joe Burrow had seven touchdowns in the first half. He got an eighth one in the second half, proving that he should have won the Heisman as big as he did, just running away with the award. My goodness, throwing all over the place. Justin Jefferson had himself four touchdowns. It was amazing. It was an absolute just blitz. Oklahoma just could not respond to much of what was happening. They were able to get it at 7-7, to and then, oh, it was just everything went LSU's way. They were just making plays. Jalen Hurts was not able to just get on track at all. He was the runner-up to the Heisman Trophy, but he just couldn't do much of anything. He was running for his life for most of it. And again, showing LSU by far proving to be the number one seed in the college football playoff, taking care of the four seed. Again, 63 to 28, a sublime performance. One of the greatest performances definitely in playoff history. We've only had, I think, six playoffs. This is the sixth year of it. Uh, And then you've got my goodness, uh, just one of the best bowl performances ever. You look back at all of those. So, again, phenomenal just with everything. And, of course, then you had also the, the, the tragedy, the daughter-in-law of the LSU offensive coordinator dying in a plane crash on the way to the game. Uh, he was coaching with a heavy heart and everything. So it shows that LSU, people were wondering what would happen in this one. You know, Oklahoma had a great offense. But LSU going through all those SEC wars, just showing how big they came up. And also, again, just how great Joe Burrow has been this season. It has been phenomenal to watch him. It is great to see. And again, just again, one of the best bowl performances I have ever, ever seen in a bowl game. My goodness. It was like one of those you just look up and, my goodness, it's another touchdown. Another touchdown. It was almost like... Uh, when Germany just beat the tar out of Brazil a couple of World Cups ago in Brazil, where you all just looked up and there's another goal, another goal. It was it was insane. 
So you had that game, and then you had the Fiesta Bowl that happened right after that. You had Clemson, Ohio State. This one definitely everybody thought was going to be the better matchup, and it proved to be that. Clemson coming back from being down 16 to nothing to win 29-23 to move on to the final to face LSU. Trevor Lawrence proving, again, he was a clutch quarterback. The man does nothing but win. He's never lost. He's incredible. And again, it showed a lot of things the way Clemson played this game. Yes, as we've said much on this show, myself and Trey Pack, that Clemson has played by far the longest preseason schedule of any NCAA football team, just with how lousy the ACC was for much of the year. But Clemson was able to rally and get the win. And again, uh, Brett Venables and that defense was able to make the stops when they needed it. Trevor Lawrence, he only had 259 yards. I say only 259 yards passing and two touchdowns, but the big plays came with his legs. He had 107 yards rushing, including a 67-yard touchdown, and that, of course, came with some controversy as Ohio State upset with some of the calls from the officials where there was a targeting call. It happened on a third down. You look at it, and again, we can break all this down. We can nitpick. I'm never going to blame the officials for anything. We've talked about this on this show. I'm not going to blame them for why Ohio State lost the game. Ohio State was up 16-0. You're one of the top teams in the country. Usually you get up by that much. You should be able to keep Clemson down no matter who the opponent is. But that didn't happen. And it just swung the momentum right back in Clemson's favor. Trevor Lawrence, uh, just that phenomenal 67-yard touchdown run right before the half, swung the momentum back into Clemson's favor. And then Travis Etienne, two touchdowns receiving. He's the running back, but two great catches there. And, of course, including the go-ahead touchdown with about a minute and a half remaining in the game, which, again, was phenomenal. I thought Clemson probably scored a little too early, but, hey, we'll see where that all shakes up as the games go forward, but they set that play up perfectly because Trevor Lawrence had been running the ball on that play every time, and they finally dumped it to Etienne, and he gets the touchdown, puts Clemson up, and then Clemson's defense picking off Ohio State in the end zone right near the end of the game to seal it. Again, just a crazy sequence. There was another controversy where it looked like Uh, The Clemson receiver had made enough of a football move and completed the catch, and then there was going to be a, it looked like there was then the fumble, and then the scoop and score. Ohio State would have taken the ball and scored a touchdown with it. That was overturned on replay as well. We'll have to see. And again, there's the conspiracy theories, especially from Ohio State fans, that, oh my God, the SEC crew didn't want Ohio State in there. Uh, They wanted Clemson. Honestly, if any, if there's going to be any conspiracy, and again, I don't believe that. Listen to Trey on Haffle. They're the ones with the conspiracy. When you look at how the game shaped up, honestly, Ohio State versus LSU would be the bigger matchup, and it would be the higher-rated matchup because you've got teams from two different regions in that one. I mean, SEC fans, as the data has showed, is going to watch college football pretty much no matter what, no matter who's playing. But a lot of these other regions, like the Big Ten and the Pac-12, a lot of these other areas, they're not going to watch if a team from their area is not playing in the game. So, again, I'm not with that, oh my goodness, there was a call from 
on high saying you've got to change these and everything. I didn't see that personally. You can argue with me all day. And you can hit me up on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. Or hey, like the fan pages on Instagram on Modern Day Gladiators or on our Modern Day Gladiators Facebook page. Give us a like there. And of course, like, subscribe, share. Give us those five-star reviews wherever you hear your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever they are coming from. Just give us a like on there. Listen to all the other great podcasts, of course, at outlandermedia.net, Haffel, I already mentioned, Deadbeat Radio, DLC Respawn, Geeks Inherit to the Earth, uh, Scared Stupid, and way, way more podcasts to come. 2020, going to be a big year for Outlander Media, so stay tuned. Get in on the ground floor. We are taking over right there. But that's going to set up a matchup. And, of course, Trey Pack and I will talk a little bit more about this as uh, it gets closer because it's January 13th. I mean, it's two weeks from when I'm recording this on this Monday, December 30th. It's a day after my birthday, for crying out loud. That is too long between games, especially in college football. My goodness, that is just exhausting to have to wait for that. LSU starting off as a six-point favorite. Of course, we talked about this on the Bull Pick'em Show, which, of course, you can still go into the archives and check out myself and Trey Pack breaking down all the bowl games, including my beloved Tennessee Vols taking on Indiana. It's Trey Pack's beloved Tennessee Vols as well. We'll talk the Gator Bowl. We'll talk all this stuff. Trey Pack and I will come back and talk everything going on there. But my goodness, January 13th, too far away. It's going to be, again, a great matchup. LSU has had a phenomenal 2019 season. And then Clemson, again, has had two seasons in a row. They've won almost 30 games in a row. They're the defending national champions. They've played without, they believe they've been disrespected, even though, again, they haven't lost a game. So we'll see where that all shapes up. I jumped on that line at LSU minus six. I took Clemson, actually, because, again, I predicted Clemson to win the national championship if you listen to the pick show. So there you have my pick right there. We'll dive more into that coming up on a later show. But my goodness, what a great... uh, Some of the bowl games have been just a lot of fun. Some of them have been dogs, but it's been okay. I've gone, I think, what, 15 and seven as of this recording. So not a bad percentage when it comes to picking games as of this point. So we'll see. Stick around for those. But let's move over to the NFL real quick. As, of course, we just wrapped up week 17. So the NFL playoffs are finally set. It's going to be another phenomenal wild card weekend coming up. You've got Buffalo, who had secured that spot. They had a chance, quite possibly, to win the division against New England, but they just could not get it done against the Patriots. So Buffalo falling down into the wild card spot. And they are going to play at Houston, who won the AFC South. That should be a really interesting game. Again, it's definitely the least sexy of these matchups, so that's why it gets the early spot on Saturday. I'm probably going to go with Houston playing at home. They had a lot of time to rest up a lot of their players, so I've got Houston getting the win in that one. Meanwhile, you've got the Tennessee Titans taking on the New England Patriots. So, of course, that's going to be the primetime spot on Sunday. The Patriots are involved. Patriots could not secure that first round bye, so they fall to the three seed, losing to the Dolphins last week. And the Tennessee Titans winning their final game against the Houston Texans, so moving up and getting that final playoff spot. Congratulations to the Titans there. And they're going to face New England. The problem is, I'm not going to go 
against Tom Brady at home in the playoffs. Just not going to do it. So we have that. Meanwhile, in the AFC, you've also got the Ravens and the Chiefs waiting in the one and two seed. They've played great all season long. So we'll see where all that shakes out. Of course, if Houston and New England win, that means that New England's going to travel to Kansas City to play the Chiefs and Houston is going to go to Baltimore to face the Ravens. Moving over to the NFC and both of these games taking place on Sunday. First, you've got the Vikings of Minnesota taking on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. So big atmosphere of football in two weeks because the national championship game in college football is being played in New Orleans in the Superdome. And now you've got, of course, the playoff game that's happening this coming week. So this is going to be a phenomenal week of football down in the Big Easy. I've got New Orleans getting the win there. And then you've got Seattle and Philadelphia. Seattle falling to the wild card spot. They played San Francisco. Again, Seattle made a bonehead decision, got a delay of game penalty down near the goal line, right near the end of the game, and then the last second, they just couldn't get it in. They fell like an inch short of the goal line, Seattle losing, so they did not win the NFC West, so they fall all the way to the five seed, even though they've got a much better record than the Philadelphia Eagles do, who had to barely get into the playoffs, but they got in. But again, the records are just so terrible. The, the NFC East was just a terrible, terrible division. The fact that Seattle's got to travel all the way across the country, even though they by far had a better season, but playing in the wild card spot. Of course, you look back at history. This has happened before. Seattle was even the beneficiary of it. I think Seattle, a few years ago, it's when Marshawn Lynch went beast mode against the Saints. The Seahawks had a losing record and still won the NFC West. That's how terrible the West was that year. So you look at all those things, I still just wish that the NFL would just seed them based on record. You still have the two wildcard teams and the division winners, that's fine, but if one of the division winners has a worst one, you got to drop them to a lower seed, or at least they can't host the playoff game. Meanwhile, the NFC, my beloved 49ers, got the one seed winning that game in Seattle. And the Green Bay Packers quietly have the two seed. It's weird how quiet the Green Bay Packers have been this season. But again, they got the two seed. They're going to have a home divisional round playoff game. I guess the reason is because the 49ers a few weeks ago just blasted the Packers. And that's why they're just assuming that. But we'll see. Again, I'm not going to doubt Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not going to go against, of course, my beloved 49ers either when it comes to this. Oh, by the way, I'm picking Seattle to win the other wild card game. So I think they're going to feel disrespected. I think they do get the win there. But San Francisco has been able to do it. They've done it with defense. They do it with just a balanced offensive attack. And Kittle. The tight end has been just phenomenal. One of the best players so far this season. It's great to see my beloved 49ers back on top of the NFL. We'll see where it all shakes out in the playoffs. Love the NFL playoffs. High drama. Guess what? You got a winner go home. Got to love that. So it's beautiful. Love everybody here with Modern Day Gladiators, of course. And we got to thank our beautiful sponsors. You've got Joe Shirt, JoeShirt.com. Head over there. They've been doing this for 30 years. You got a design for a shirt, a mug, a banner, anything. 
any idea that you've got for any type of event or yourself to expand that brand, Joe Shirt or Joe Shirt Deluxe can help you get it done. Again, they've been doing this for over 30 years. They know what they're doing. They're not some flash-in-the-pan company. They are in it for the long haul, and they can help you. Go to JoeShirt.com and check them out. And, of course, you got to help with otherworldly coffee. It's coffee, cocaine. It's amazing. I sent some to my sister and her husband for Christmas. Hopefully they enjoy it. I want to get a full report from them and how great it was. I want to hear all of that. But you can check them out at otherworldlycoffee.com. Use the code OUTLANDER, all caps, at checkout. You're going to get 20% off your order, which is just phenomenal. you got to love that. So thanks again to Joe Shirt and Otherworldly Coffee for us here at Modern Day Gladiators. We're going to wrap up, of course, with professional wrestling. Thanks again for everybody tuning in. As always, like, subscribe, share, all the great stuff. But it is, again, championships. We're talking championships in football. We're talking championships in uh, the NFL and college. My goodness. See, see, I haven't done this in a while. (laughs) I'm a little off on it. But one of the teams that I love that's having a little trouble uh, championship-wise has been my beloved Tennessee basketball team. They've had a rough patch. Uh, Lamonte Turner, Mr. Clutch has hit so many clutch shots over his career at Tennessee, has decided he is going to uh, go for some season-ending shoulder surgery. That shoulder has been bothering him for pretty much two years now at this point, and he is just opting to go and get that worked on. So Tennessee down one of their best players, and it showed as they played Wisconsin over the weekend in Thompson Bowling Arena and lost by 20 points. And this was a Wisconsin team that was 6-5 and five going in. So they, not one of those top uh, Big Ten teams yet, at least so far this season. So Tennessee has got to see where they are. My goodness, it could be a long road. Tennessee's got to figure out a way to work. I still think they can get into the NCAA tournament. They're just going to have to do some things in SEC play and find a way to get this group to do it. Rick Barnes, again, really good coach, as we've seen what he's done with these Tennessee basketball teams. Let's just see what he's able to do as we go forward. Of course, we'll break down all of that on later editions of Modern Day Gladiators. But moving back to professional wrestling, and hey, it means it's we're starting the new year coming up 2020, just around the corner, obviously, and that means it's time for New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom. It's January 4th. They've had a January 4th event in the Tokyo Dome for longer than the 14 years that it's been called Wrestle Kingdom. It's their WrestleMania. They're expanding it to two nights in the Tokyo Dome. So January 4th and January 5th. Again, all streamed on New Japan World. Again, I'm going to be watching it, staying up late or getting up early, whatever the case may be, because again, of course, happening over there in Tokyo, it's happening live. One of the big things that's happening too, you've got two nights, you've got title matches galore. It's championship month, really, when you look at it with everything just draped in gold, everything's happening. You got to love it. But Wrestle Kingdom... The biggest, one of the big events, of course, is going to be you've got a double gold thing happening on January 5th where the two main titles are going to be held by one person. I'll break all that down here in just a moment. But one of the big things, one of the best wrestlers of our time, one of the best masked wrestlers ever, and that includes El Santo, that of course includes Rey Mysterio Jr., but Jushin Thunder Liger. You've heard the theme song before. I'm going to play it here a little bit. Got it. It's coming up. Here we go. Just wait. There it is.
You gotta love it. I don't know how well it picks up, but you gotta love it here. Uh, you gotta love Jushin Thunder Liger, one of the best wrestlers of all time. A surefire Hall of Famer in any wrestling Hall of Fame, no matter which one. All right, we'll fade that out there a little bit. Thank you for the theme song there. Please don't sue me. Anyway, you've got Juice and Thunder Liger hanging it up after 31 years of wrestling, one of the best junior heavyweights of all time. He's got two nights of this retirement that he's doing. The first one, he's got a bunch of people. If you were a fan of all of those like Super J Cups from back in the early and mid-'90s with, of course, Juice and Thunder Liger and some of these other guys, you know a lot of them. There's going to just be a big, huge, multi-man tag match happening on night one. Jushin Thunder Liger is going to team with the great Suzuki, one of his best rivals, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, Tiger Mask with El Samurai in their corner. And they're going to face Anaoki Sano, Shinjiro Tani, Takiwa, uh, Ruski, Taguchi, and then they've got uh, Kunaiki Kobayashi with them. And then you've got Norio Hongna is the guest referee. So just a who's who of just great junior heavyweights from back in the day of just Japanese wrestling, all celebrating the great career of Jushin Thunder Liger. So that's going to kick it off. And then you got some great title matches on the line as well. You've got the IWGP Tag Team Championships on the line. The Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tana Loa taking on Finn Juice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson. The Gorillas of Destiny, one of the best tag teams across all of professional wrestling. I'm going to go with the Gorillas of Destiny hanging on to their titles in that one. The uh, IWGP US Championship on the line. Lance Archer defending against John Moxley, the man who never lost the title. John Moxley, because of a typhoon that was happening in Japan a few months ago, could not come to make the title defense, so they stripped him of the title, and Lance Archer and Juice Robinson fought for it. Lance Archer got the win, but John Moxley showed up and is not happy about it, so they're going to have themselves a Texas death match. It's going to be, the only way to win is either you've got to make your guys submit, or you knock them out and they can't make a 10 count. And I'm going to go with John Moxley getting that U.S. championship back in that one. Meanwhile, you've got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on the line. Will Ospreay taking on Hiromu Takahashi, the ticking time bomb, finally back from that devastating neck injury that he had. This one's going to be amazing. Will Ospreay's had some of the best matches of 2019, both at light heavyweight and heavyweight. It's going to be amazing. He had, I mean, the super... Um, the best of the Super Juniors final he had against Shinjo Takahashi was amazing. He's matched with Will Ospreay in the Super uh, the Super J Cup. Not the Super J Cup, the G1 Climax. I got to mix up, sorry. But anyway, it's going to be amazing. But I do have Hiromu da- Takahashi getting the win in his first official singles match back in New Japan after just a devastating injury. It's going to be an amazing match. Just stay tuned for that one. And then you've got the big double main event. First, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship on the line as Jay White takes on Tetsuya Naito. That should be, again, a phenomenal match. Naito lost the belt to Jay White earlier this year. I do have Naito getting the win there. And then you've got the IWGP Heavyweight Championship on the line as Kazuchika Okada is taking on uh, Kota Ibushi, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Ibushi, again, he won 
the G1 Climax earlier this year in a phenomenal final with Jay White, also beating Okada on the way to winning that in that round-robin format. And again, you got to make the pick here. Now, one of the things you've got to realize that both the winner of the Intercontinental Championship and the Heavyweight Championship, both wrestlers will now move on, and they're going to face each other for double gold the next night, January 5th. So whoever wins then that match is going to be both the IWGP Intercontinental and the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. So it's a phenomenal night in the Tokyo Dome. And as much as I really have really been rooting for Kota Ibushi, and I think he can win this, I'm still going to go with the champ, Okada, to get the win in this one and retain his Heavyweight Championship. I, w- I, don't s- I can see Ibushi winning it, which would be phenomenal, but I think his time is going to come a little bit later in 2020 to hold that Heavyweight Championship. Moving on then to night two, and hey, they're not skimping on any great wrestling on either of these nights. Of course, Jushin Thunder Liger is is an official retirement match is happening there as Liger is going to team with Naoki Sano, and he's going to face the young team of uh, formerly Dragon Lee, now Ryu Lee. He's going to team with his old rival Hiromu Takahashi. There's going to be a great tag match there. Uh, just a phenomenal way, I think, to send Jushin Thunder Liger out. Of course, the next night, New Year's Dash, it's kind of like their Raw after WrestleMania where a lot of craziness happens. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger will officially you know, have his retirement ceremony at that one, but his final match is in this tag match there. Hopefully, just again, a great experience, and it'll be wonderful to see. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight tag team titles are on the line for the Bullet Club. Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo are going to take on Sho and Yo. I've got the Bullet Club retaining in that one against Rapongi 3K. The British Heavyweight Championship on the line as Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata, two great submission specialists. I actually have Sonata getting the win and taking the title from Zack Sabre Jr. The IWGP United States Championship on the line again as the winner of the John Moxley Lance Archer match is going to then take on Juice Robinson. I've got John Moxley winning against Lance Archer and then I've got John Moxley defeating Juice Robinson again just to show again just how awesome and great John Moxley is. The never open weight um, title is on the line. Kenta versus Hiroki Goto. Kenta has just after turning heel against a lot of the bad guys and uh and joining Bullet Club and becoming just a great heel. He's been amazing there. I've actually got him retaining over Hiroki Goto there in the Tokyo Dome. Then you've got a special match between the two uh, title match losers from the previous night. So I'm going to have Jay White versus Kota Ibushi in a rematch of the G1 Climax. I've got Kota Ibushi getting the win in that one. Then you've also got a special match, Hiroshi Tanahashi the longtime ace of New Japan taking on the pain, the pain maker, the champion, Chris Jericho, of course, who can still wrestle in New Japan whenever he wants. But he and Tanahashi are going to have a great match. But this just came in this last weekend that Chris Jericho has laid down the challenge. Hiroshi Tanahashi mentioned it, and Jericho has accepted that if Tanahashi can beat Jericho in the Tokyo Dome, then Tanahashi will get a future shot at the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, which would be amazing. New Japan and AEW have had... we. 
wrestling fans have been clamoring for them to be working together because I think really, too, you want to move to that next level to really challenge the WWE. I think they really both need each other, especially New Japan trying to get that foothold better in the United States. What they're running into is I know a lot of the higher-ups with New Japan were upset with the way that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Cody all left to form AEW. So there's a lot of kind of a grudge there and everything. But again, I think both these guys need to come to some sort of understanding and work together. And that's why I've got Hiroshi Tanahashi getting the win. Would love to see Hiroshi Tanahashi in America. I mean, he's wrestled plenty in America, with New Japan, and with other indie promotions, but I would love to see him just highlight some sort of pay-per-view with Chris Jericho here with AEW. That would be amazing. I would love that. That would be, just it would totally reek of awesomeness, as I say. And then meanwhile, you've got, in the main event, you're going to have your title match winners from the night before uh, for the Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. They're facing each other. The winner of that match is winning both belts, and I'm going to go with actually Tetsuya Naito. It's been a long time coming, and I think it's all now or nothing. He was the first one to even mention winning double gold this year. That's been his quest all year long, and I think he's got his shot to do it. So I've got him beating Jay White. I've got Okada then defeating Ibushi on night one, January 4th, and then I've got Tetsuya Naito finally getting another win over Okada to become your IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight Champion. Los Ingobernables de Japón will reign supreme. At least that's my prediction. Want to know what you think? As always, hit me up on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley, or the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook and Instagram pages. Would love to hear from you. As always, like, subscribe, share. We've got a lot of title stuff happening. Champions abound in January. It's going to be a great month. Hopefully you guys come along with us for the ride. Stay tuned. Trey, Pack, and myself will be back to break down everything with college football and all of that as we wrap up the season. But until then, I love you. Too sweet. See you all next time. And happy, happy new year.